listening to the Giant Dwarf Podcast, a podcast about Kings of War and a lot of other stuff. The reason we are uh, on the chat or the call tonight is because we attended a uh, tournament recently. The biggest Kings of War tournament to this day in Norway. Isn't that right, Simon? As far as I know, yes. Yeah. Uh, 26, 26 players, if I recall correctly. Um, a couple of people couldn't make it, but okay. I mean, for such a small country, this is quite big. And I, just out of jokes, calculated the amount of Kings of War players per capita <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in Norway versus the UK. And if, if this was correct, then uh, well, proportionally the same size, we should have about, I don't know, 600 uh, people playing a Clash of Kings or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. They're not quite there yet. So. No, well, I no, think no, we no. should, uh, I think um, I, I think it was uh, a really good turnout and it grew, grew uh, from last year. I think we were at 21 or something. Mm. So um, it's an improvement, and it's uh, it's uh, steadily, slowly but steadily growing. The King's War scene is my feeling in Norway. That's, yeah, yeah, slow, slowly, yes. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a small it's a small country in in yeah. terms of population, a large country in terms of geography. So um, let's say we have small islands of Meta, and and uh, and they are concentrated, uh, in, let's say, in the larger cities. So. Yeah. A lot of the populace doesn't even have the opportunity to play regularly, even if they would want to play Kings of War. So in Norway, it's it's a relegated to to be played in the bigger bigger centers like Bergen, uh, Oslo, of course, and, and Trondheim, I believe. Yeah, and uh, like uh, the when new people, new Kings of War players uh, drift into our uh, our uh, like uh, small communities, it's from other games as well. So it's um, it's not like uh, people pick up uh, Kings of War and start playing uh, from a fresh start. It's like no, uh, no, 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 not really. It's like a guy that knows a guy, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and I believe that also this transitioning period between, let's say, from 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 our old game to to, to Kings of War has um, is not yet complete for everybody. You know, you still have a lot of people they. They play the ninth age, and and this is mainly like the most uh, competitive, you know, game because it, it targets the same niche and it targets the same players. Yeah. And and I believe it's uh, it, it will come down to the question of, of of which game outlasts which one, you know. Yeah. And and I actually fancy the chances of Kings of War because it has company support behind it. Uh, at the same time, uh, the game itself. Like what actually happens on the tabletop is driven is driven by the by by the player base, which I think is a really good combination. Whereas yeah, fractioning is a big danger for the ninth age, in my opinion, without uh, being deep into the scene. Um, yeah. But this would just be my my initial thoughts. Yeah. So, so. Um, but the, this uh, conquest tournament is like uh, it's Fred. Uh, he is the tournament organizer, and it's his attempt to. Create something that is more than just like a, these local uh, garage tournaments that we uh, that we uh, they usually have in uh, in Oslo uh, the smaller events during the year and uh, we also have in Bergen. So the the conquest uh, tournament is trying to be like if uh, you call it a GT or something like that, a big like a big event. It's it's held in a hotel 
um, with uh, people stay at the hotel till for the most part and uh, get up, eat breakfast, and then just go to the gaming hall, buy a That's beer, and start playing. Very right? nice. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was the first time I participated, and, and the, the the overall setup was 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 really good fun. You know, it was it was a boys trip out in a way, right? So yeah. you get you go to the airport, you catch a plane, you fly down there, you you arrive at the hotel, you just drop the things in your room. You have quick, you can just grab a beer, you can chat to the people that you know because of course the scene is fairly small. Yeah. And um, I I think it was very nice. I think that of course you know you can. If you want to find a hair in the soup, of course you can. You can say that the breakfast wasn't good or this and that, you know. Yeah, but yeah. but at the end of the day, it it doesn't matter. Um, everybody was in the same location. The location was very adequate. It was it was good fun to play in the room. The room was the right size. So from the location and the organizational perspective, in my opinion, it was a fabulous job. Yeah, I agree. I think Fred uh, does a really good job at hosting this tournament. Uh, I was there last year as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's like the best tournament experience you can get in Norway uh, for Kingsport. I think so. I think so. Yeah, I would say it's uh, it's really nice. You know, I mean, the people that attended, of course, you know, like the we are all from the same demographic. I think I said this before. Uh, let's say in an off-air conversation, yeah. we are all from the same demographic, so we face the same challenges. You know, yeah, people in their thirties, kids, and all, and and you you could kind of leave this behind. For a weekend, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and just focus focus on just playing and having a good time. Yeah, uh, and I think it it was really cool because also the people are all very interesting, right? You don't you don't or you have very few people where you say, ah, I don't really share any interest with this guy or it's an uncomfortable guy to be around. It doesn't really happen. Like most of the people are are, are good sports. They are nice to talk to. So yeah. so of course it's a nice weekend, yeah. but. Lesson learned is I should take the Monday after off. I think <laughs> that <laughs> that uh, was not the one of my brightest days. I must no, say. No, no, no. I completely agree. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that well, was good. Yeah, but uh, so should you want to just jump right in and talk about the tournament, uh, like maybe the tur- tournament uh, setup, the rules pack, and Fred is a creative guy with some uh, crazy ideas, which yeah. everybody who is on Kings War Fanatics knows, knows this. Um, yeah. And he uses uh, his tournaments to test out some of these ideas. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, uh, let's say we, we have, uh, let's say, not only the mountains divide Bergen and Oslo, but also we, let's say, from a different school of thought when it pertains to the game. Um, we have been called conservative. <laughs> Maybe because I, I, we are. I wouldn't, necessi- I wouldn't necessarily say that. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. It depends on your point of view. Yeah. Uh, of course, Fred tested um, tested some rules. Um, yeah. he, he made some. First of all, the game the the term was played at 1995. Yeah. Uh, then he used a, a card system in which he had uh, three different cards that uh, that uh, were targeting um, the nuisance that is individuals in the game. Yeah. And then there was uh, some uh, adjustments um, uh, in terms of uh, terrain. So yeah. we are playing this double forest and yeah. double length of, on one obstacle in combination with the Epic Dwarf map pack. So yeah. if somebody's interested in that, they can read it on this uh, Dash 28 page. He actually posted an article about that. Yeah. And um, and then uh, at the at the very end, we used the blackjack scoring system. So yeah. I, I think maybe we should just uh, speak about each point one after the other. Yeah. Um, so the 1995. I mean, from my point of view, of course, you you have your own opinion. I'm going to ask you in a second. It, I think it was very good. Yeah. 
I like 1995 as a, as a, as a uh, kind of, kind of point where you okay you can't you can only have two two specific choices of any war machine individual monster or whatever. So so that um, that takes out some of the spam, which yeah. which is nice. Um, it, it it makes for more varied lists. Um, and of course, oh yeah, I forgot to mention we played it with Clash of Kings nineteen. Yeah, it was the first. It was the first. Uh, it was the first uh, event uh, that was played with it. Uh, and um, so 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 that let, let's say the influence of of Clash of Kings uh, nineteen was not known yet, right? So no. there was no set meta. So people were kind of trying out this uh, couple of things. And and, and nineteen ninety five was nice. Yeah. So uh, at least for me, I was uh, I was uh, attending with orcs and uh, and you were attending with King Kingdoms of Men. So how did how did you like that uh, that points level? Uh, no, I uh, I like uh, I like playing at different points level points levels because if you play the, the same points level every time, the, you, you you tend I I think uh, I find at least that I tend to converge towards a list that works, and I just run that. But the, when you have to mix it up with different points levels, then you have to think differently because oh, I can't spam with three li uh, drain life wizards, and so the <laughs> drain life is not that viable anymore. So I have to make my list a completely different way. And uh, so uh, now I think uh, 1995 is is, uh, is a good good size game, and uh, the rule of two instead of the rule of three definitely brings a new uh, twist to the list building. But also, of course, let's say you, you, you have some kind of, if you're going to call it gaps, you know, like, like for example, if you look at my list, I ran three giants, yeah. one was a colossal one, so, yeah. you know, w w when you see it from that point of view, yeah, of course, there are some gaps in it, but I, I, I think the purpose of taking the worst edge off, yeah. I think that that was fairly successful. Yeah, I, I agree. So I don't mind. So, uh, my, my, I don't mind 1995. Uh, no, that was nice. And then we had this uh, these cards, which um, yeah, they were they were uh, anxiously anxiously awaited, if, if 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 we can say it like that. There was some some discussion, of course, within the within the Bergen community about these yeah. cards and how to treat them, and and people were under the impression that okay, it it alters the game to a point where it's let's say. Um, a different game. I wouldn't call it unplayable, but different game because certain like army concepts were more difficult to pull off. Yeah. And um, from my point of view, at the end of the day, I think the the, the tournament was was great fun. Yeah. Um, the the cards played a role. Um, the role was not major, but it also wasn't minor. Like if 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 I if I were to 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 to, to have a preference, I would play without them. Yeah. Um, but uh, but they they didn't break the experience, you know. Like like people could still go and have a good time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um so 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 that was good. So of all the rules which have been introduced, I think the the cards I see with the most skepticism. Yeah, um, I tend to agree uh, to that. I, I appreciate what what Fred uh, tried to do because um, I think everybody who plays Kings of War. Uh, or at least most people identify individuals as a kind of um, one aspect of the game that is uh, quite could be problematic uh, in many instances because they kind of bend the rules, the core rules of the games. The game do doesn't really apply to individuals in a way. So it's, it's, it is problematic. I can yeah. just one recent example. I, pl I played a game in this uh, in this uh, Universal Battle um, a tournament. This uh, Call to Arms. And and I played a, a, a Bristol Dwarf player at the Susu, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So for me, this uh, this person creates a lot of problems, not the player, but Susu, yeah. because uh, yeah. because uh, <laughs> because um, uh, of course you know with playing with orcs, sometimes you have a difficult time getting rid. Uh, you, your main strength is big hordes, yeah. in my opinion, big yeah. hordes. So so can you can easily be choked up and and it especially in objective based scenarios it, it could cause issues for you. So 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 Fred's intent was good um, and and I think may, I hope that uh, Kings of War Mark 3 does something about that yeah um, but I believe that we should explore different like brainstorm different op different options and opportunities and look at a wider range of data and then look okay what solution works best and also keeping the game streamlined yeah um, uh, I think this is a very very difficult task and, and and so far the game has been streamlined to a very very large extent and it's easily playable it flows yeah. smoothly yeah. so so introducing a completely new like prop like for example the cards for example yeah. is is not the most in my opinion my opinion uh, not the most uh, elegant uh, way uh, of solving it but I still agree with the with the overall um, base theory of what he tried to do yeah uh, I think um from my from my experience, the, the cards actually came into play uh, several times during my games, and uh, in my last game, it was actually two of the cards were played in round six, and act in the, to a large extent, uh, decided the outcome of the game, uh, so, because I think the the cards like they, they don't uh, uh, directly, they only hit the uh, home. If you want, because individuals are so many things. They are you are cheap individuals that are ro uh, roadblocks, but then yeah, you have I like uh, Lady Alona and Flying Pharaoh and all these kinds of big, uh, extremely uh, powerful individuals. Mm -hmm. And um, the cards, I think, hit harder on the cheap ones because they were like this brutal against uh, individuals where you added the unit strength to to the nerve to the nerve test. And if you have low nerve uh, from the get-go, then of course you will be more susceptible to to um, suffering from that brutal. And yeah. So my my individuals were which were a hero and two a mage and an abyssal army standard bear, and uh, they like they normally die in one round, but now they definitely would die in one round using yeah. cards. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit of a yeah, but I, I, you know, it's a, it's a said and done thing, and I think that at the end of the day, if you look back on the week and the games were, were, were fun uh, um, most of the time. So it was um, I, I don't know, I, I doubt that we will repeat it on the Bergen tournaments. Um, I, I don't think so. Uh, at, at least you know, of course, we are three TOs. <laughs> Us yeah. two, we are two of them. So, um, it's uh. I don't know yet. Uh, we we have to think a bit about it and 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 see. But um, the other changes, let's let's say, if we're yeah. going to speak a bit more about about the terrain changes, for example, there, for example, I see I see some potential because this double forest, if we can speak about it, which is essentially just for the people that don't know the compact, it's two smaller forests which are spaced one inch apart to 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 avoid, you know. Or a unit kind of dipping uh, the toe into the forest and then having free free reign over over this let's say vision blocking or line of sight blocking obstacle. Um, 
I think this double forest, for example, is, is an extremely good idea. If the forests are dimensioned accordingly, um, you can you can do something with that because it actually, okay, you say it's a very dense forest, for example. This is something I, I for, for my part, I really liked. Double length obstacles, for example, yeah. Um, again, you know, ter terrain is, is is more difficult because it's you can't like it's not it's not a binary thing. You 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 cannot say a forest each all the forests are not created equal. You know, they have yeah. odd shapes. They are big. They are small. You know, it depends also where they are placed. So it's more like a judgment call the the how the terrain is placed. So, so and and generally, I, I'm an advocate of of terrain that is not preset like the like for example the maps epic dwarf maps they are completely even right yeah. so I, I like terrain to be a bit skewed right so every time you have a new challenge you, you say okay not my terrain is equal and it doesn't really matter uh which which side uh, wins the roll of for example no i i want to see like different you know more more forests on this map more obstacles on this map or or maybe some small town which is a lot of buildings yeah. so it, it varies a bit. So, so, so I, I actually liked double length forest if the if the if uh, double length obstacles if the obstacles are not extremely long, yeah. and double forest also good if, if if the forests are not huge. So I, I don't know what your experience was with that. Oh, I, I actually I, I I like the 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 variation in terrain uh, setup because uh, I the epic dwarf maps are very good for tournament setting games. Uh, I can see that, but uh, I also like the variation and that uh, you could, and because it mixes up, mixes up everything. If you show up to a table and and uh, the terrain used is is completely different from what you normally use, then of course you have to adjust and think in a different way. Um, so I think uh, I, I like both the double forest and the the, the double length obstacle. But uh, what I didn't like so much is. Um, that they were used in in um, combination with the Epic Dwarf map pack because yes. what you yes. did was you rolled off to see which forest became the double forest and which obstacle became the double length obstacle and in most of my we played five games so I think in in four of my games all the extra terrain ended up on the same <laughs> side of the table yeah. so it ended up make, creating like this no go zone which was one third of the table. Um, yeah. And I think, um, so I, I really, I think we could experiment more with terrain. I think we'd experiment with different terrain heights. Yeah. Um, and I liked, I didn't mind that because we also had infinite height forests and infinite height blocking terrain. So you couldn't stand on a hill with a monster and look over a, or see over a forest. Um, and I liked that as well. But I think maybe ne next time, um, either draw them in on the maps that you are using for the tournament or create some kind of rule that they can't end up in the same uh, half, board, board half or something like that. So you get the effect spread out a little bit more. But What you, uh, could, um, what you could do also, you know, I, I thought about this on the flight back, was yeah. what, what about, for example, a forest on a hill? Yeah, definitely. Or, or linear obstacle inside a forest. I mean, one of the main reasons why I showed up with three giants was because I couldn't gauge the terrain. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, if I just have giants, then uh, I guess the terrain don't matter so much to me. So, so it, uh, um, no, but uh, but in general, I liked it, you know. And, and for example, what what we what we did in, in Bergen before have like thematic terrain on tables. I also like that. Maybe this is something that 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 we could look at some more creative terrain yeah. setups for for some future yeah. some, some future tournaments. Yeah, we, we we tried to do that uh, before the last 
the reign of King's Tournament in Bergen. But uh, it's you know it, it, if you want to make pre-made maps, I think you really need to play test them because um, what looks good in theory is not uh, always uh, good in practice. So and we made uh, four or five maps with the backstory and everything, but I found when I play tested them that they were too skewed in a sense. Okay. So we used the Epic Dwarf map pack in the Rain of Kings last year. But, um, yeah, I think uh, definitely more experimentation with terrain. I don't mind pre-made maps, but uh, the maps could don't necessarily have to follow that uh, strict uh, set that the Epic Dwarf maps uh, have. But uh, that, that being said, I really like having that Epic Dwarf map pack uh, option. You can just go in there, press a button, set up a table that uh, is, uh, in 90% of the cases, very acceptable for both players. So I think it, it, it's, a, it's a good resource, but uh, I like the experimentation as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So when we when we uh, when we're talking about this uh, result of this blackjack uh, scoring system, yeah. Uh, and, and in general, before before we get into that, I, I think the overall like the the flow and the organizational side of the tournament was done very well. Yeah, I was like there was scoring sheets and and uh, and he had a, a projector and and uh, and the computer was typing. You know, like if there was instructions to the crowd, they were projected on a wall so people yeah. can read them, so you don't have to yell around and gather the people. So um, all all of this like operational things were organized in an extremely efficient manner. I, I really like that. Uh, you never had a feeling like you you didn't know what was going on or what was happening, and and this was done really well. And 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 now tying it into blackjack was because it was a new scoring system, right? So yeah. nobody knew it. Yeah. So what he had done was he had made a four pages in which whatever scenario we had just played, uh, you just had to kind of tick off boxes and write numbers into like certain fields. What happened in the game, and then basically blackjack sco kind of scored itself. Yeah. Um, overall, I think the effect of the blackjack scoring system was that the game was games were played more openly. You know, in, instead of securing minimal amount, for example, of, of of objective tokens and then turning it basically into a kill game, yeah. um, it was m more played towards the mission for a more sustained period of time. So uh, I really like that. I think this blackjack system, the, the way it, it it was done, is is definitely something uh, worth adopting without any changes. I think it's 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 really good. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, I was a bit skeptical, not not in the system itself, but uh, because it is a bit more complicated than just a normal twenty zero yeah. um, uh, scoring system. Uh, I and I I really want. I don't like. Uh, creating new barriers to entry anyway. So if, if uh, people that don't play people don't play that much uh, show up to this tournament once a year, I don't want them to feel like, okay, what's all this new stuff? But the way Fred had set it up, uh, it was just so easy. The uh, scoring sheets were um, it was even easier than, than figuring out the, almost than the 20-0. It was just yeah. filling out this this uh, very intuitive, uh, good layout uh, form, and uh, so I, I, re I really like the uh, the blackjack system. I think that was a really good call from Fred uh, using that and introducing and if, it. Yeah. And if you look at the distribution of tournament points, you know, from from the first place to the twenty sixth place, yeah. you know, except some people who were who were who were due to like other commitments, not able to play the full amount of games, it was fa like fairly evenly distributed. It was not some runaway players that absolutely slaughtered everybody. And and if you see, like even the tournament winner didn't win all his games. So yeah. 
it um it was uh i i think this this side of it was was uh was done extremely well yeah. i really really like that yeah so yeah well done fred i think uh yeah I we think, can say that yes yeah definitely and, and i think the danes and the swedes and the brits and everybody who are close to norway in a sense just a short flight away an hour an hour and a half on a plane they should really consider showing up next year because uh, i think they would really enjoy it this is a very well thought out and uh, organized tournament Absolutely. There was a lot of like war machine players at this convention that were coming from, from Britain and Germany and all over the place. So, yeah. so this is let's say the closest you will get to a GT in Scandinavia, I believe. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, with 26 guys, it's uh, like a, even in other countries, it would be a medium to big tournament. Yeah. So, um, yeah, take the flight. It's not that expensive to fly to Oslo either. No, no. So. Yeah. So should we jump into the games? Yeah, we can we can speak about the games. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, maybe take a break uh, so I can um, uh, save this recording and then we start over with a new recording uh, for the games. Uh, yep, yeah, sure. But I'll I'll be right back. Yeah. Okay, Simon, we are back. So um, yeah, the tournament was uh, five games. You played with orcs. Yes. And I played with. Uh, Kingdoms of Men. So we can go through our lists. Uh, first, I just wanted to say that uh, the reason that uh, it's only you and me on the call tonight, uh, Simon, is, uh, and I'm Jürgen, by the way, is uh, because we, we were uh, initially planning to make a road trip episode from the Bergen guys. Yeah. We were five people traveling over, but uh, because of busy times and, uh, and uh, yeah, life, uh, only you and me could, uh, could uh, make it tonight. So... This is going to be a uh, small and exclusive uh, crew creating a recap episode. So, do you so, want to? Yeah. Do you want to go through your list? Yeah. Um, when uh, we had played the last tournament, which was the Reign of Kings, which is our local tournament here in Bergen, in which I played with goblins um, and I managed to to, to to play successfully. Yeah. What well, happened then? Did, how, hmm? did you, how did you place in that tournament? Yeah, I won it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, no, well, anyways, uh, I said, okay, what am I going to do next? And I have a, a bunch of old uh, armies in, in in my garage, and I was like, okay, so I'm gonna, you know, make orcs great again or Moga, which, which, by the way, the, there's some some guy online from Cape Cod. He says, you know, he's like the the great orc guru or something over yeah. in the U.S. and he calls it Motga or something like this. Mo, Motga. Motga. No, no, it's gonna stay Moga. Yeah. I will I will explain why because I made them great again. But hang on now, <laughs> I'll explain. And he, every time I, I say Moga, people be saying no, no, no. It's like Motga or something. And this guy kind of came up with it, Kenneth. Heis, uh, 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 it's it's uh, the orc town uh, guy. Yes, yes, yeah, it, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. He's made, yeah. he's made some battle reports and everything. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's like super serious. He has yeah. this like Stalinistic uh, vi- yeah, vibe. I've seen it. It's, I think it's incredibly funny. Yeah, it's just, it, it is incredibly funny. And every time I say Moga, people are like, no, Motga. And then I felt like a cheap rip off. And I was a little bit upset, actually. But but okay. So anyway, Moga. Um, and uh, Moga consists of, uh, in fact, this army list is called the G unit. Um, <laughs> G unit. G unit, because it has a lot of Gs in it, and I will come to that in a second. So the, basically, the core of it is uh, three hordes of um, of infantry. So I have an X horde, another X horde, and a great X horde with the brew of courage. Yeah. 
yeah. which form a very uh, like a wall of uh, of green bodies. Yeah. They are backed up by um, by a war drum um, and uh, and a flagger with the loot. Um, and, and and in between you have whip the half cast running about. Yeah. Um, then on, uh, on on the wings we have a, a regiment of, of war chariots, which curiously enough are chaff, if you can say it like that. <laughs> yeah. And um, and um, and a crudger on the ancient winged slasher with the healing brew and the spell weakness. Yeah. And uh, and then, however needed, I distribute two standard giants and one colossal giant. Yep. Along my lines. So that's that. That's the G unit because there's three giants in it. Yeah, solid list. Do you have like a standard setup for it? Yeah, I'm, I mean a standard setup. Yeah, if if you can say that. Usually, I have I have the three hordes next to each other. I play a refused flank backed up by the drum whip somewhere in between. It depends how tight the line has to be. You know, it depends if what is let's say the the smallest base size of any. Any models that could give me a nuisance, I would open or close my lines accordingly in terms of width. Yeah. Um, and then on the on the flanks, I, I I run one colossal giant with the standard giant as chaff. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, actually. Yeah. And uh, and on the other side, I, I have uh, I have uh, uh, the, the the chariots with um with the uh, ancient winged slasher, which is a fab fabulous unit in my wow. opinion, uh, because he um. You know he's he, he has a, a big threat projection, uh, but of course he cannot you you cannot leave the cohesion of the entire army because people like units need to support each other, and he and I don't have much inspiring so he's needed from that point of view as well. And, and but he's height four and he has weakness which has increased range. Yeah. And uh, this uh, this spell I, I I like a lot when I when I saw the range increased and you could put it on a on a on a crudger like that I was like okay you know this this could even work if you run it multiple times it could take in in conjunction with large infantry hordes and drums, this can really really cause issues for people. Yeah, and it did. Uh, or, so, or, it, or so I've heard. <laughs> yeah, it, it, well, it did. Yeah, if, if if you, I don't know how we will how we will do it. You want me to speak about all my games and then we go through yours, or uh, we, we can do it uh, one uh, one at a time. I think. Yeah, no, okay. Now we, I can do my list, and then we can yes, do yeah, exactly. every other match. So, yeah, so, um, yeah like you, um, I uh, played in the Reign of Kings tournament. Did not do very well. I placed 8th out of 12 players, and I used Kingdoms of Men. Um, so this year has been my attempt to, to, to do something with the Kingdoms of Men. I usually play I've usually played Undead or Basileans before. And they have like a lot more tools and a lot more uh, reliable tools, I would say. Kingdoms of Men have access to every type of unit. It's just that most of them are really bad, is in my opinion. But uh, in uh, in um, at Reino Kings, I tried like a, a very mixed arms approach with uh, infantry, some uh, bowmen, some sh shooting, and some spellcasters and uh, siege artillery, and some big hordes. And it didn't really work that well because, frankly, all the small units, the bowmen or the chaff unit, they don't do any damage. And so I went back to the Kingdoms of Men list and I thought, okay, what does the Kingdoms of Men actually do better than most other armies? And that is, in my opinion, the ability to put out lots of big hordes with melee 3 plus, lots of attacks, and crushing 1. Uh, so when these hordes... Um, if you use them right, they will um, 
punish whatever hits them because unless you get off multi charges, you can't break them in one go. And when they uh, counter charge, they will very often one shot almost anything except other big hordes, of course, infantry hordes. That is. So my list was um, a horde of berserkers, a horde of foot guard with two hand weapons, a foot guard horde with brutal strength, uh, and a knight horde with the portion of the caterpillar. And for chaff, I had uh, two militia mob troops, one militia mob regiment, and my heroes were uh, an army standard bearer mounted with the loot, a hero on a horse with a blade of slashing, a hero on a pegasus with a warble of Kaaba. I regret that, I should have given him the, the mace of crushing, but that's okay. Uh, and then I had a wizard with uh, a pain chant, inspiring talisman on a mount. Uh, and he swapped his fireball for lightning bolt 3. I had a beast of war with the ballista and beast of war got the uh, got actually some very nice uh, changes in the clash of kings book. <laughs> yes. With yes. Uh, steady aim and fearless 18 nerf. Yep. So that was really and strider of course. Don't forget strider because that now suddenly they get that thunderous charge 2 crushing strength 2. Uh, off, and then I finished off, off with two siege artillery. And the yeah, so the idea behind this list is move ho move forward as one cohesive line. Use the chaff units to block the enemy from getting in multi charges. And when they bounce from your units, you bane chat them and you kill whatever hit them. That is the so it's a, a simple idea. And of course you have the siege artillery in the back. So the enemy can't just sit there and look uh, look at you because you um, you will get some hits during a game with the siege artillery and uh, with uh, ballista on the beast of war with uh, steady aim as well. You have just enough shooting to to uh, make a mark if you focus. The, the uh, one thing that needs to be mentioned as well is like you know I'm a little bit of a sucker for optics in a way. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be the most beautifully painted armies in the world, but I like. A mass battle game to look like a mass battle game, and uh, and your army was uh, was in my opinion is very beautiful. Yeah, thank um, you. In generally on uh, at this tournament, the kingdoms of men armies or human based armies, League of Rodia, uh, that were there are of an exceptional standard. Uh, I mean, if 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 somebody listens to this and he's not, they're not from Norway and they and they have they have some time looking up this uh, um, what is this militia unit with the that is uh, modeled after the Rembrandt painting? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, yeah, like stuff like that or, or banners which are you know I, I couldn't even like my my printer can paint this good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I completely agree. It's, uh, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, and the stuff that the people put out, it's it, it makes the game just visually extremely appealing and yeah. and stuff like that will this is what keeps the keeps the game alive and the people that, that, that put these countless hours in it it's it's just something that is I, I very much appreciate your army was one of that I always enjoy playing against your army because it's just you know I, I play the same way you know I play a lot of models big big units it's like a rank and file game and I play it like it is so it's um, it's very nice so how, how, how who did you play in the first game and how did that go for you yeah, my first game I actually played uh, V-Dog, um, and we he actually challenged me okay. for a kings the kingdoms of men off in the first game. Okay. But then he showed up with abyssal dwarfs. Ha! Huh. And uh, the funny thing is that of course he had told me this beforehand, so he gave me a chance to to switch uh, lists if I wanted 
to bring yeah. something else. But nobody else knew that. So when uh, that uh, Matcher podcast came out, and uh, because this was, this had been like proclaimed on the event Facebook page, so uh, people were like uh, making fun of him and uh, uh, calling me a cheater and everything. And I, of course, I didn't deny that. I just <laughs> no. Uh, if there's somebody that's not a cheater, it's him. He's far too nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, but um, I can go through his list real quick. Um, of course, playing Abyssal Dwarfs, uh, and his uh, list had. Um, let me see if I can find it in the in the Google Drive. So his name is Vidog. Is he really? Is he not here? Yeah, there he is. So he had uh, his, he had a list. Uh, should I go through it or should I just tell you give you the gist of it? I think if we if we go through all the lists, we will sit here for a long yeah. time. You know, if we if we just get okay, what was the concept? What he was trying to do? And... Yeah. So so he he plays like a, a very mixed uh, arms uh, abyssal dwarf list with lots of different infantry infantry units, uh, some troops, some regiments, some hordes, some uh, berserkers, some black souls. Some gargoyles for chaff and some slave orcs, and he has, does the same for cavalry. He has uh, abyssal halfbreeds and slave orc gore riders, uh, and he has, of course, some uh, golems, lesser obsidian golems, and three. This was the like the creative bit in a sense. Three uh, iron casters on halfbreeds, winged halfbreeds. So two of them were regular ones, and one was the supreme iron, iron caster on ancient winged halfbreed. Ah. So, and they are um, they are. Um, yeah, from the get-go, they are a problem for, for me for me because uh, I have a list that consists of like sixty uh, percent infantry with speed mm. five, big hordes, and when the op- uh, opponent has uh, lots of flyers and the cavalry, then I have uh, a serious problem because I can't really dictate anything. It's just responding to what he does. Uh, so this game was kind of like that. Uh, of course, the the flyer, the supreme, the ironcaster on uh, winged halfbreeds, they are not like uh, they are not exceptional uh, fighting units or anything. But when you have all that mobility and they have some uh, fireballs and they can move around and you get them in a flank or in a rear, of course they will. Even though they have a fairly low number of attacks and, and uh, the the small ones have melee four plus, they will do damage and they will help. Is the rest of his line do what they need to get rid of my hordes. So I was really anxious about that. Um, do you remember what scenario we played in the first game? I think it was a race, wasn't it? Um... Yeah, it was race. Um, and what I was afraid of in this scenario was I have I, I have no way of like jumping over his line, but he has lots of ways of jumping over my line. So I was anxious of him uh, just waiting it out, and then when I went in to 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 uh, charge him. Then he would just fly over and pick up the uh, the uh, objectives with the gargoyles or one of the small um, slave uh, iron casters on halfbreed. So it was it's, it was like a positioning game uh, in the in the beginning. But I was lucky because I hit him uh, twice. I think it is in the first round and the second round with siege artillery on on one of the flyers that was uh, positioned on his uh, on my right flank. And that was the only fire that was over there. So, so that uh, unit, and he got wavered. So, so he lost like that uh, threat and mobility on his uh, his left flank, my right flank, and uh, that made me 
able to like start moving forward without any risk of him just jumping over and getting objectives. Okay. So I actually set up a quite nice. Uh, yeah, I just used my chaff uh, to to lock down flyers. I have a hero on Horus, a hero on Pegasus, and I charged them into flyers on the other side. One at Supreme Ironcaster and one of the uh, the great uh, ancient Ironcaster to lock them down. And if that would have succeeded then he would have been stuck and all my stuff would have kind of rolled in because he had deployed uh, with his cavalry behind his big flyers. Okay. But what actually happened was one of the heroes went in and grounded the Supreme Ironcaster or Ancient Wind And the other one, the Pegasus Knight, he went in and of course he didn't wound the other one. Ah. So what happens then is uh, my plan was to, to ground them and lock, lock him down and then he would have like limited space to move, and he would just have to stand there, and I would start pounding on him with my hordes. But then instead, he flew over with. In the next turn, he flew over with uh, the Supreme Ironcaster, landed behind uh, behind my uh, lines, pivoted, of course, threatening all the rares of all the hordes. Um, and in the same time, he was able to get through with his with his cavalry, because now the units that were blocking their advance were gone. Right. And from that point on, it was just uh, trying to salvage what uh, was left because he, he just uh, rolled over my units. Uh, and um, in the end, it I think I um, I lost all of my left flank, foot guard horde, knight horde, uh, one um, the other foot guard horde. And in the very last turn, I only had one unit left. I think that was the uh, beast of war. Uh, and he, of course, he then had uh, the chance to pick up objectives and just uh, completely uh, obliterate me, except uh, a few, uh, one or two units that were left. So it was it was a game that was decided by this one key moment, and that's why uh-huh. I said I I I, um, I shouldn't have put Warbolt Kaba on the Pegasus Knight. <laughs> had he had that Mesa Crushing, he would have got another attempt at wounding. So that was a bad that 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 five points. Of course, I could have lost the game uh, even if he had that. But that five points, that, that, that I think that was a very important decision that I actually did wrong in this uh, this list because his, his, I have these units that are there just to lock down um, enemy units, so you can roll in with the rest of your stuff, uh, the rest of my stuff, and when they don't do what they're supposed to do then you're really not uh, in a good uh, position. But it was a very exciting game. Uh, Vida is a very uh, nice guy, as you said. Uh, good opponent, good sport. And, uh, yeah, I didn't feel too bad losing against this list. No. Uh, of men, so. You know, all the players in general, you know, like, if, if you look at the more regular players, like, it, it's very, it's not that we have, like, a group of guys that are totally dominating, you know, it, it could be anybody that, like, for example, Vida could, could be a player that easily shows up at the top of the rankings. Yeah, yeah. There's no, no doubt about that. So, so that also makes it very interesting, you know, because it's kind of day to day. Um, d- d- depending, like, who, who you meet. Nimble! <laughs> And, and and if you're going like if you look at my first game for example i challenged somebody as well i charged i challenged um the the epic dwarf co-host Lars, yeah. his brother 
And uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, he uh, apparently doesn't play uh, that frequently, at least not as frequently as we do, for example. Yeah. So, uh, and he plays uh, Combat Goblins, which, which I can appreciate a lot. And I think, uh, you know, thinking about Clash of Kings 19, Combat Goblins, I have some ideas in my head uh, that maybe you will see someday. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyways, so, so he played a, a list with, I don't know, 20-something drops, a lot of drops. Yeah. And um, and it was regiments and, and small, like a lot of small things, you know. Yeah, it's like I mean, an MSU, uh, MSU style. Comment. Yeah, it was a, it was a MSU style, but um, let's say the nah, I I think he uh, he somewhat um, yeah I, I I didn't think he he played the scenario really well because it, he allowed me to to take uh, all three objective tokens uh, almost without any resistance from his side. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, of course, you know, if you have MSU style and you just, you know, kind of drizzle against my lines instead of hitting me with concentrated force, it's really difficult to get through because I just put the put the horde there and then uh, uh, in terrain, you, yeah, you can charge them fine, it's, it's no problem. But the, you you have some weakness on you and uh, and maybe a whip is behind it, healing it, you know, with with heal four or five, depending how many hordes are around with a uh, with elite. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's really difficult for for him to 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 do much about it. So the the game was was fairly fairly straightforward. It, it was nice because he was a new opponent. I never played him, but it was a a pretty pretty convincing win. I think it was twenty one uh, twenty one zero or twenty twenty to one. I think twenty to one was yeah. uh, was uh, was the final score. Yeah. Um. But I have I have played the the, the epic dwarf himself. Yeah. And um, and uh, I saw that like the epic dwarf, his his giant, uh, which he modeled himself, is really really yeah. cool miniature. I think that was really impressive because it, it looked uh, it looked really professional in my. Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought he got it from some like thrift store or something. No, no, but he made it. It was very yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his arm so, is, uh, is also very nice with that uh, yellow and uh, purple color scheme. Yeah, it's an unusual color scheme, yeah. but it's it's very cohesive. Yes. I, I liked it, and it's 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 a cool concept to explore. You you, yeah. you can do you can do something with that. Yeah. But um, but of course, you know, like because we really prepared for it. There, there were some jokes before because I said, okay, we're actually training for this. Like we played a lot in the ramp up yeah. uh, because we wanted to make our our trip count. So yeah. so and and some of them didn't play as much, yeah. and that unfortunately was. Uh, wasn't uh, let's say uh, uh, even playing field for a challenge so like i would love to play the guy again but maybe not as a like challenge kind of you know picking out okay i will play you so yeah. that that uh, that was uh, but it was good fun still yeah so uh, what was the scenario in uh, game two in game two i think it was um oh yeah, 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 yeah. you i have no idea what was the scenario in game two yeah it might have been uh, might have been pillage yeah, could be. Yeah, yeah. could be. Because who did who, who did you play in uh, in uh, in game two? You actually, I actually played Lars <laughs> in game two. <laughs> <laughs> so I lost my okay. first game and he lost his first game. So now we played uh, in game two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, of course, looking at my list and your list, the concepts are not that far away from each other. No. So. I think he struggled with the same things against my list as he did against your list because. No. You need with with uh, mincers and uh, troll reg- regiments and rabble regiments and uh, a giant here there. You need you need tri- triple charges on the hordes to get even close to um, to routing them in one one go. And with 
like uh, some com- confined spaces and uh, some um, blocking terrain making uh, making it like so he had to like put his units in in layers he really got off uh, those triple charges and it's not really that his units are not nimble right so uh, so it's not really that easy to get in a, a a triple charge. You need lots of space, and the units need to be spaced far apart to get that. Uh, yeah, be able to move in to contact with the, with the hordes. Difficult uh, list to play. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's a very difficult list to play. So I think that was what uh, punished him a bit. Uh, he, he wasn't able to pull off those um, uh, triple charges, and of course he charges me, and my hordes they kill one unit uh, when on the counter charge, uh, and then. He charges again, and they kill another unit. So, of course, it was, there was like this uh, trade of units during the game. It was not like a slaughter fest at all. Uh, I think I won like seventeen four in the end, or maybe even sixteen five. Um, but I think it was a very difficult game for him, and because purely, uh, of course, not purely because of the list, but to a big extent because of the lists, because. Uh, yeah, MSU Goblins versus Big Hordes Kingdoms of Men is, is not, uh, I think it's not the, the, the best matchup for him. At least the, the table is full of units, you know. That's the, let's say, the, the, the upside of it. Yeah, so. and, and I think um, in another scenario, I, I, don't, I don't remember, actually I don't remember what the scenario was, if it was pillage, but uh, of course he had a lot of units to chew, chew, uh, chew through, and, uh, and that made me anxious uh, like uh, halfway in the game, am I even going to be able to kill enough units to to um, get the, to get the objectives? But then, and I, I must say also, I, I had some some lucky roll, waiver rolls on his left flank. He had some fast cav on his left flank, which I w- was able to take out with just a wizard and a Pegasus knight. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that was very good uh, for me as well. Uh, hitting it with one lightning bolt and then wavering uh, units and stuff like that. So it, uh, I had some uh, some luck as well. So no, but it's uh, like I said, it's a difficult list to play. I I, I think he 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 got uh, had it quite a challenge cut out for himself. So um, yeah, yeah, I. I don't know. I think a concept can work. Uh, a trash concept, of course, can work or has been proven to work. The question is, does it work with uh, with only rebel uh, in terms of output of damage? Uh, but this is something. Uh, anyways, like if you, if you have a different point concentration that you have, for example, like he he had with the with the troll regiments, they are too easily wavered, and suddenly you have a huge traffic jam. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's very difficult to pull off. I like it, but it's hard to do. Yeah. So I had the the pleasure of uh, of playing uh, Henning in the in the second game. Yep. Uh, which is the eventual tur- tournament winner. Uh, he played a, a herd army, extremely fast herd army. Um, a stampede and then two two times lichens and well, long story short, we were running around um, uh, and actually. Uh, yeah, I was a bit a bit uh, shitty because he got off uh, one chimera, fly, some flyer, monstrous yeah, flyer, got off a flank yeah. charge, and uh, uh, on my on my great axe, um, didn't do much damage, like three wounds or something. I counter charged, you know, hitting on three twenty five attacks, crushing yeah. two, yeah. and I didn't uh, didn't break that unit, and my flank was open um, for a flank charge from uh, ensuing flank charge from a stampede. 
<laughs> so yeah, yeah, that was a little yeah. bit shitty. Yeah, you don't because, want that. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, at least it was a lot of dice that got rolled, so um, yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. But um, but uh, I, I I would go in so so far as to say if that hadn't happened, which was statistically very uh, improbable, um, I probably would have been able to pull off a win. Yeah. Uh, it ended up being a tie, ten ten. Um, it, uh, it 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 was good. Uh, I liked the game. It was a very tight game, and, uh, and at the end of the day, uh, there was like we, we had each maybe three hundred points standing or something because yeah. the, this this flank charge with the stampede it blew like the line wide open. Yeah. So uh, I I had to try to uh, try to mitigate the situation by uh, by shifting uh, units and uh, and and the, most of the game was played on my side of the table. Yeah. Um, but. Um, but it, uh, yeah, it, it it was a very interesting game. But I I think it was definitely a winnable game. So um, totally different concepts. But um, it just goes to show because this was an Alpha Strike list, and I believe that um, Alpha Strike lists as such are not so dominant anymore. Um, I I I I think a more balanced uh, meta is is upon us, you know, because a lot of things are actually mitigating that. One of them being, uh, you can talk about bark skin, you can you can speak about these monsters getting strider and de and dash and nerf values. Um, but 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 I really I really like this was a really 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 close game. So yeah. it was really really interesting because you know in this game the dice were against me, and then in some other games the dice were totally hot. I, it was it was up and down. So uh, and this one okay was somewhere in the middle of the road. Uh, but I I would definitely say that that uh, playing against uh, such a good player you always have to be very much on on your game, and he he deserved to win that tournament I think at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good player. Uh, I didn't play him this year because, <laughs> of course, I didn't uh, play that high, but I, I played him last year. Uh, and uh, he, he did very well back then with a Kiss Club list. And he, you know, he, he is, he actually won the, we had we had this running hobby contest in Kings of War Norway, the Facebook group, the whole year. And he yeah. actually won that as well. So he is not only a, a very good player, but he's also a, a, an extremely good uh, hobbyist. Yeah, he has. Uh, I, there was also an uh, an article on uh, on a blog called Mandolis. Yeah, I think that, that's 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 his blog. Blog. Yeah, where he uh, explains uh, how he how this army was painted and and what went into it and and it's a fairly good looking army. It's it's uh, some war machine models, I believe. It's a creative uh, herdless. It's not beastmen. So it's yeah. uh, uh, it's 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 nice. I liked yeah. it. It was good. Also, yeah. the bases were done in a really nice way because he had this kind of like moss type uh, yeah. basing, which uh, which was nice. Cool. So, um, and that, that that was game two. So, so after game two, that was uh, played on table one, of course, uh, with a tie. I wasn't on table one anymore, but uh, at least he he didn't escape unscathed, <laughs> if you were to say it like that. Yeah. Um, so, so, so in game three, if, if if I just continue, I played my my uh, my old buddy Jens, uh, who I played in 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 Reign of Kings as well. Yeah, it's a, a a very very enjoyable guy. Uh, yeah. He's always in a good mood and yeah. he's always positive, yeah. <laughs> even when shit is really bad. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very impressive. He played uh, elf list and he used this uh, formation where the cavalry and and, and the king they get uh, iron. Uh, is it iron resolve? I believe uh, they I get. It's headstrong. I think. Oh, headstrong, yeah. Uh. And uh, and the scenario in, in this game three was kill the return of kill. Yeah. Uh, which um, which has prom of, prompted some discussion in the Kings of War Norway community. I, I um, have seen. 
Yeah, there was some discussion yeah. because, of course, you know, there was some feedback kind of collected from the yeah. from the populace after after the tournament. Yeah. The same feedback, let's say, we are giving, you know, about the yeah. terrain, and then we're discussing. Okay, what about the return of kill? Yeah. So, but okay, before we move on, Jürgen, what do you think about it? No, I think it, it was perfectly fine. I think uh, because um, there are pros and cons to every scenario in every army, and uh, uh, of course. What is often the, the, the argument against kill is that it promotes boring games. You can bring a gun line and then you can just sit there and shoot them. And to an extent that is that is correct. I played an army that had a lot more shooting than mine in, at this tournament. But even so, this is a in a tournament setting. You have uh, it's not one game; it's five games, and they need to be different. And I think that when every scenario is like some. Uh, vary, variant of go there and sit and hold something. I think it's nice to mix it up with something completely different. And I think that was good with Kill. I agree. It was, uh, for me, it was totally okay. Like having Kill in there, it was good. It was a nice yeah. variant. Yeah. Um, and, and, and speaking of which, you know, like boring games, of course, Jens knew I didn't have any shooting. Okay, I had some lightning bolt, but that's about it. So, uh, so he was like, okay, I'm just going to set up on my baseline, have some windborne cavalry with, with, with wind blast, <laughs> yeah. and just uh, wait for you to uh, let's come back with, come back over to me. And, um, yeah, his plan didn't succeed, let's say it like that. <laughs> because at some point I will arrive, and yeah. then I will punch face. Yeah. Um, and I, I, managed, I managed to do that. And, um, and, and, and that, was, that was quite okay, you know. I, his shooting was not concentrated enough to, to, to take big chunks out of my unit, you know? Oh, yeah. Terrain, obstacles, defense five. Um, it's it, it was yeah. difficult to pull. I, I think it was his best chance. But um, it's really difficult to win kill if you can't kill anything. So... Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it's... Uh, you can, it, I mean, his army was was very balanced, you know. Yeah. Like it was a really like a proper army. It has some ranged, had some cavalry, had some infantry, had some 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 magic, had a, a, a flying beastie. Everything yeah. was okay. Yeah. It was just that that uh, that the terrain and the matchup was not in his favor. So yeah. I think this ended twenty one zero. I think. Yeah. So the interesting thing is, uh, like blackjack, isn't one of the points with, behind blackjack to to negate some of those extreme outcomes of of, uh, of the games, like uh, twenty zero wins and stuff, but I think actually think you saw uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's it is is not the uh, the intent of uh, of the uh, blackjack scoring system. But uh, even so, there were actually there were actually some very big wins in this tournament. Yeah, there was there was some big win, but you're bound to have some some big wins. And like you know, like it's, like we said before, you know, kill is a polarizing scenario. And of course, yeah. the people that 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 speak out up against it, it's not without any reason. They they have a reason and they have valid arguments. I I think it's an important part of the, of the game itself. But uh, but still, yeah, it was just a skewed matchup, yeah. you know. Yeah. If I had played Hanning and killed, the score would have been a ten ten as well. Yeah. So it's um it's uh it it was just not the armies didn't match up well yeah. for 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 again. So whenever he gets something from my greenskins, is not it's not so good. So, but 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 who who was your opponent in in, in yeah. this kill game in, yeah. in game three? I played uh, Alex, uh, beautiful. Oh, Nigerodia, nice. Ostland, nice. Uh, Empire Army. 
Mm. Um, and I usually play him at tournaments uh, for some reason uh, because we are mid-table guys, uh, both of us. So uh, what happened uh, this game was um, he, yeah, of course it was humans versus humans, but it was like uh, big block uh, pow- uh, punchy humans versus a more balanced uh, uh, league royalist with some shooting, or quite a lot of shooting actually, because he had uh, double organ guns and he had three uh, halfling troops, uh, well, four halfling troops, and he had uh, siege artillery and he had uh, lightning bolt casters and he had the um, what do you call it, battle shrine with a lightning bolt. Okay. So of course he he was able to do uh, play the scenario in the same way, like uh, set up and then wait for me to come, and I had to move forward with speed five. Uh, my horse are not that easy to take out, so so of course he, he left some marks on them and took some wounds, but uh, eventually the the lines would clash. But then, you know, he he was really outplaying me in this scenario. He he, he was on 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 the the path to victory. Uh, but then he, there there was one pivotal turn where he I had to use a a, a, a mage to. Uh, block the advance of, of a unit and then in the next turn that mage was set up for uh, for uh, an overrun so he could he had a uh, three big hordes as well but he, but he had like the, a little bit weaker hordes spearmen and uh, militia like uh, pole arms uh, but one of those uh, spearmen hordes were set up so they could hit my knight uh, unit after overrunning at the sa- in the same round as he got the flank charge with the flyer, so oh. this could be a really big thing. Like in turn three, if he if he would have killed that uh, night horde, the game would be over. But then he started on a streak of bad luck like nothing I've ever seen before. <laughs> it was just <laughs> it was just he, he didn't manage to do anything from there on. First of all, he he when he resolved all his combats that turn, and I didn't I didn't notice this while it was happening, but then. The combat that he should have done first was, of course, the overrun, because then it everything else would kind of fall into place. But he did, did it in the backwards order. So when he had done all his combats and he was going to overrun with his spearman horde into my knights, they they were actually blocked by his own units because he had pivoted and and I was just okay. This is if he asks me now, can he? do it because we all knew both knew that it was going to happen so so in my mind i've said okay if he asks me if he can if if he can do it then of course i would say yeah it's hard hard for me to deny it and i saw on him that he probably wanted to ask me but he is like uh, yeah he's an experienced and a good player and i think he like appreciates the fact that uh, uh, this was a mistake on his part and so he just let it slide. And so he didn't do that or get that overrun. And what happened then is that the, the flyer in the flank actually whiffed on his attacks, made a, maybe one wound or something, and then the game was wide open again. And on the next turn, my knight horde killed the flyer, and I started uh, hitting his units with my hordes. And then he proceeded to roll double one twice on a militia regiment. Um, so his, uh, one of his flanks, they just... They weren't able to kill even the, the cheap chaff units I had. And then my siege artillery started hitting. First they hit the um, uh, battle shrine. May, did like 11 wounds or something. Killed it in one round. 
The next round, they, they hit an army standard bearer on a six and killed it. And it was just like his army fell apart and I got the win. Because, but the, 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 the margin was not that big. So it was a, I think it was a 15 5 um, victory for me. Though. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, I was quite relieved after that game because uh, it was in turn. Yeah, end of turn two, two, I was sure this is going to be a slaughter fest. I, I'm just going to push my units forward and, and they will die. But, uh, you know, it's a dice game and uh, we, we all make mistakes. And uh, so it ended good for me. Uh, and sadly, not so good for him. But, uh, yeah. It's, but it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I always had him. I never played. I never played the guy. I had. I, I sat with him at dinner and, and, and he has a very healthy approach to gaming, yeah. uh, similar uh, to, to me, while well, I'm always rambling about the social contract of gaming, but um, but the, but I never played a guy. And when you look at this army, it's like, okay, this is a hobby guy. But he ended up like pretty much up there at the end of the tournament. Yeah, like I it was. He, uh, it, to me, it was like, okay, usual suspect, usual su suspect, and him. I'm like, okay, this is serious then. I, yeah. I was uh, I was very uh, very surprised. But one thing that we failed to mention so far, Jürgen, yeah. is that um, there was a co um, when you started about the streak of bad luck. We haven't mentioned anything about Fred's proposal for the double one conundrum. Yeah, Fred is uh, in his creativity came up with a compromise for for for, for the for this insane uh, courage uh, rule, uh, in which a unit, if it is over its um, its uh, break value in terms of wounds, does not benefit from inspiring on the ensuing nerve checks. Thereby uh, mitigating uh, the large large uh, quantity of double one occurrences, and um, I don't know. Have you played with this uh, with this um, compromise? Uh, yes, I played with it uh, a couple of games in the tournament. Uh, didn't come up, so um, yeah. It, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't have an experience with uh, with it actually mattering in the games. But I think the idea is very good because I think on um, with the reroll you have a one in about 20 chance of getting a roll a double one uh, rolling a double one onto a d6 which is quite high it, it is bound to, to to show up and not maybe not in every game but it is not unlikely to happen several yeah. times in one game yeah so you can get this uh, I think that's why many Norwegian players don't like this uh, because they you can get this situation where you you, you run into a streak of bad luck to roll double one twice in uh, two rounds and you lose you can lose a game solely because of the double one. And I know people say, well, you have to plan for the double one. Well, I don't think that is possible. If you if you can't take a flank charge, you will take a flank charge, even though there is a possibility of you rolling a double one. I played with the with the compromise and I, I found it to be okay. Yeah. I think it was it was it was okay. It it, it seemed fair. And it, you know, you still had this kind of um, this anxiety. Oh you can't roll a double <laughs> yeah. one now. Yeah. Uh, but um, but it, it, it's, it's it's a good feeling because there's a theoretical chance, but it's uh, let's say it's uh, appropriate amount or a, a amount of uh, occurrences or appropriate probability. So so I like that. Yeah. So in the in the um, last no, this was the last game of the first day, right? Yeah. And then in the evening, didn't you guys uh, have like some kind of ginormous battle? Yeah, that was really good fun. I think Kings of War lends itself to mega battles in a really good way. So we played um, um, three versus three. He, okay. uh, was it three versus three? Or was it four versus four? No, it was three versus three. 6,000 points aside or 5,985 5, points aside. 
Kin is a man, kin is a man, and dwarves versus ratkin, abyssal dwarves, and undead. And it was, I don't, I don't know, it's like when you get, of course, we played with the same armies that we used in the event. So the list were, it was like not like tailored for a, for a mega battle, but I think like the kin is a man uh, lists lend themselves to this big points level. Because suddenly, in a normal game, you don't have like two infantry lights. So if one falls, then you have another in reserve. Uh, it's like when you break the line on one flank, then that flank is gone and you just roll and mop up the rest. But in this big points level, we played pillage with uh, seven tokens. We actually did a, uh, a deployment where we put all our uh, infantry in, in uh, lines on one flank and all our cavalry on the other flank. Okay. And so the idea was that, so this infantry is here to die. It's just here so that all the big scary stuff from the undead and abyssal dwarves and everything slam into them, spend time killing them, while the knights mop up, or knights and brock riders and, uh, yeah, and brock lords and everything just mop up the other flank. And that tactic actually worked very well, because even though they have a gazillion hard-hitting big units, they can only fit so many at a time. And when we had this triple layer of, of infantry, they spent so much time killing them that our tactic actually worked uh, perfectly. I think it was really fun to see that uh, King's War works so well in, a, in that big points level. And, and I think that some of the armies probably will perform better at that uh, points level, like the Kingdoms of Men, which uh, well, this is one battle, but, but it was a really fun experience. And uh, uh, so, uh, see, thousand points in three hours i think that is really respectable that yeah, was very nice uh, i saw pictures i was a bit under the weather so i actually turned in quite early yeah. so i didn't i didn't partake in that but but i was thinking when when, when you guys spoke about it on the airplane that like yeah. one of the main things here is 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 is, is space uh yeah. not space like outer space but space on the board yeah because uh, this was one thing that I, one of the lessons learned when playing with uh, with my government on you is that okay, if you control space, you um, you control uh, large parts of Alpha Strike armies. So um, I think if 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 you if you keep, let's say you played with um, with six thousand points on basically two tables, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, so basically you you reduce the space, and then suddenly it starts to matter. So one of the things that people could experiment is also different table sizes for example but uh, i don't want to give uh, the creative minds any crazy ideas now so <laughs> but um yeah but this could be this could be something so then then it was uh, we went out for really nice pizza i really like this pizzeria I had really good cheese um on the pizza so that was that was good and then uh, and then uh, it was uh, day two or the final day was upon us yeah um I, I don't remember what was that uh, that first uh, scenario. I think it was um, this uh, ransack, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's it yeah pillage with different points uh, level on the tokens, mm. yeah, on the objectives. Yeah, I got to I got to play I, I Oivind or how he call, he is called on the internet is I win um, yeah. and uh, he won. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this, this was number one bullshit, I must say. Like uh, he, everything was playing very well, and and I I failed to. He played a very shooty Twilight King, uh, list with um, with a, a Gemini uh, formation for the Hydra, yeah. uh, two two uh, like crossbow uh, hordes. One with the jaw of four winds, and uh, and the other one with this uh, piercing one. Um, uh, but um, 
three consecutive turns, I didn't manage to roll a four or above on 2d6 to break this unit. It was an absolute disaster. He he won, I think, by one uh, one uh, a scenario point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good thing is, he's also an extremely nice guy to play against. So so we we shared a good laugh and. Uh, and it was it was it was really cool, and it was that uh, scenario where we discovered, hey, how about casting weakness on a shooting horde? Yeah, is that even allowed? That is allowed. Uh, we checked it. I, I yeah. you know, it's. Uh, I, I think um, uh, Fred and uh, and Iwin discussed it um, on a different podcast episode. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's allowed, and uh, and actually, it. Uh, I discovered it maybe a little bit too late. Um, <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, the game. Turned out he had an obscene amount of shooting, and then of course he had two <laughs> yeah. of these uh, black dragons, yeah. big threat projection, lightning bolt. Like um, this list was, it, it's it's a fair, fairly strong list, but it's yeah. obviously not unbeatable. I, I I break this horde, and then I don't have to spend three turns hammering onto it with no success. Yeah. Um, and then the game looks looks uh, looks a bit different. But okay, yeah. I, I lost I lost this game. This was the let's say my my, my, my single loss I had, and. Um, and it uh, secured Henning the win. <laughs> so um, yeah. So the, the tournament was actually decided before the final round. It was decided before the final round. Yeah. Un- unless uh, like unforeseen things, like totally yeah. crazy things, uh, would uh, would happen. Um, but also this one, I was. It was very very uh, unlikely. You know, of course, it's always speculation, right? When you say, okay, you yeah. you know, you break that horde, and then and then maybe it turns out differently. Yeah, maybe you would have won anyway. But yeah. who knows, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, you always have the speculation, but I think I had a I have a good feeling that if, if because then I would have had additional. Actually, it was it was um, on the last turn that it, I was not pos- it was not possible for me to contest the center token for three points with my uh, big flyer because he was spending time punching this other unit without any success. Yeah. This was is what caused the problem, and this was you know he was uh, like basically against this anvil, which is not really an anvil, yeah. Because I, I actually hit it a lot before, so um, yeah, I, it's uh, sometimes it's like that, you know. Sometimes yeah. you win, sometimes you lose. Lose. So the the dice were a bit against me uh, in that game, and that combined with the with an opponent who is nicknamed as I win. That's not yeah. necessarily a good combination. It's, so, it's written in the stars. The outcomes. So uh, so what the who, who, who was your uh, your fourth game against? It was against Thomas B.A. with his Undead. Um, oh, yeah, okay. so he's uh, also a very uh, enjoyable guy to play against. Um, he had this... Uh, I have to t- uh, talk about this. He had, <laughs> he, he had this um, invention uh, that he used to save time, which was a creative... Uh, I've never seen that before. It was a dice box with small compartments that were... Where, with uh, a set amount of dice in them. And what he would do, he would never roll dice on the table. He would just shake that box, open the lid, and then add up the number of dice in different compartments until he got the number that he, he, he was supposed to roll. Uh, I'm not sure how much time he saved uh, from it, because I always wanted to look into the box, and so we had to, <laughs> to, to wait for that. But uh, yeah, it was it was creative uh, move on his part. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that he saved that much time, but uh, yeah, it was easy. Not it was clutter-free gaming. 
if you call it that. Do you think that this is a, a something that will catch on? I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's uh, I think it's nice to roll on the table because I think you want the opponent to see your dice and you want to see your opponent's dice when they roll. Not that you you uh, expect, uh, suspect people of cheating or anything like that, but I think it's just part of the the the. How the, the game goes, I would call it like a, a control mechanism, but it's, I don't know, it's part of the, the experience, looking at the other, at these guys, and, and maybe uh, you feel a bit more secure also when you, you um, when you are able to see what happens uh, on the table. Thomas B.A., wasn't he, uh, didn't he travel to, to the, let's say, Clash of Kings tournament on the British Isles? Yes, and he's been to Spain at the big tournament, uh, as far as I know. So he's uh, he's a good player as well. Um, but he played uh, an undead list with lots of wraiths and, and zombies and uh, two big flyers, one Revenant King and a Flying Worm and one Revenant King and a new ginormous giant worm. Okay. Um, and this is the kind of list, my list, actually, like, and, and of course the mummies. But this list is... Co- is a kind of list that my list likes to play against because he has uh, his units. They don't do that much unless they get flanks and rares and everything. Because he hits on fours almost all over the line, uh, and his uh, wraith troops has few attacks. His uh, revenants have few attacks. His uh, mummies have few attacks. And um, so uh, this became a quickly became like a stalemate game. I moved up with my line. Didn't want to move forward to give him flanks. He didn't want to go in because he knew he, he would break the units uh, in the front. So, um, and there was some positioning on the right and the left sides. Uh, I started off by hitting his uh, one of his Revenant Kings with my Siege Artillery, doing, I don't know, like eight or nine wounds, wavering it. And then he became extremely careful with that flyer. Okay. Uh, and that kind of saved uh, one of my flanks because I, um, uh, when when you have lots of you have rates in combination with monstrous flyers, of course you have the, the opportunity to create angles and situations where I am not able to protect all my flanks. Yes. But when you, the moment you you remove one of those flyers, then it becomes much easier. Um, and uh, so I went in on the right side against some uh, raids and the other uh, big flyer, and he was not able to really position in a way that he, he that he got the advantages that he needed. And on okay. the other side, there was just this uh, stalemate. I had berserkers uh, and foot guard just guarding objectives, and he had mummies and zombies guarding objectives. And um, I actually miscalculated. I thought we were one round shorter in the game than we actually were. So I had planned on going in in turn 5, charging his units and possibly breaking them in turn 6, like his uh, on the left side, with Berserkers and Foot Guard versus Mummies and uh, a Zombie Horde. That that should be easy pickings, in a way. But uh, I waited too long. I waited until turn 6. Because I just... uh, Yeah, I had a small hiccup in my mind. But luckily enough, I was able to. No, luckily enough, I was able to one shot that um, zombie horde. I think he had had one or two wounds on it from lightning bolts from before, and he has it has dash twenty two now, right? So I was able to charge in with hindered uh, foot guard, twenty five attacks, 
hitting on fours, crushing one. And I had a small hero on a horse in their flank with three three attacks. And that was actually enough to put like 17 or 18 wounds on them. Wow. Uh, I mean, that was in total. Uh, so they had a couple of wounds from before. So they ended up on 17 or 18 wounds. So I had a really good chance of actually breaking them in, in, in the last turn. And that, that's what happened. And so I secured the center objective and I won by uh, two points, I think. Um, so that was a bit lucky for me that uh, because I actually had miscalculated uh, the timing of going in because, uh, yeah. We played so fast, it seemed like we had come shorter than we really had. And I think our game was over like 20 minutes before everybody else. So. But but you know, like when you when you play when you play a player like that, and and you know that he placed fairly high at the at the Clash of Kings uh, in, in the UK. I mean, maybe we should start to travel more because I think our local players are not half bad, to be honest with you. I think we can do something. Yeah. If we really want, maybe this would be the next. Like you know, if they have it very close somewhere, maybe in Scotland or or London area, you can yeah. just kind of take a hop over. Yeah. I think that was uh, that would be nice actually. Going uh, would be uh, would be really cool. That would be a nice idea for a trip. Fuck me! I'm a dwarf. Yeah. So that was uh, so. The next scenario after that was uh, the final uh, final game. Yes. Which was plunder, wasn't it? Plunder. What is plunder? Plunder is uh, with the with the five uh, loot tokens on the um. Oh. Loot counters on the center line. Correct, that is correct. And then you decide after deployment which ones yeah. are worth two points. A really so good who, scenario, I think. Who who did you play? I played Magnus uh, with elves. He had a really, I think it was a good elf list because he had this this uh, green lady's wild guard formation. Not okay. Uh, with the regening, I'm not sure, regening palace guard and. Yeah, I think regening palace car. I think that is the formation. Mm. And he had a tree herder. He had a tree forest warden with a brew haste. He had draken riders. He had an archer horde. All the good stuff. Mm. And uh, after we had deployed, I deployed like I always do with uh, the four hordes, like uh, forming a cohesive battle line and militia troops. Uh, yeah, I always place my militia troops with uh, one. Uh, one uh, with uh, the Berserkers and one with the Foot Guard with the Defense 4. And uh, these two were behind my lines on the right flank and uh, Pegasus. And uh, yeah, so I, I deployed in a, in a refused, refused flank setup. And then the uh, uh, two of the, the objectives that were two points were the center one and the one to, to the left of that, looking from my side. And uh, what actually happened is he put lots of his stuff on the uh, far, his, uh, my far uh, right flank. So okay. far away from the two point objectives. I think his thought was that I am going to mop up everything and I'm going to turn and I'm going to win this and I will get more objectives. But uh, what happened was, was that, um, yeah, he did some very good moves in the first round. He vanguarded forward with forest chamblers, with a tree, a tree herd and a forest warden, and with speed 7 on the forest warden he was able to charge my uh, knights in turn 1 stop yeah. them and so that just yeah it created a big uh, jam for me uh, if I can't move my 
units forward like in a, in a cohesive line. I'm so susceptible to flanks. And he had Draken Riders centrally placed. So I was not able to like move forward. So I was just standing there waiting. Um, but then what happened is, is, is what my list is really good at. I had big hordes deployed in the terrain. And he charged in front with his Draken Riders. He oh. kind of overestimated their hitting power uh, against my hordes. And of course, they did like, yeah, they did a couple, like eight or nine wounds. They did well. But then next round, my, uh, my foot guard just uh, get paint chat, counter charge, kill them. And I think he got a bit shocked when that happened. He was like, oh shit, I didn't uh, really uh, anticipate that. Um, and so the game kind of opened up. And um, because, of course, he ground down my knight uh, horde with his uh, forest warden. No, uh, what's the big uh, guy? Tree herder. Yeah. When my knights are stripped from Thunderous and they are hitting defense six, okay, they are they don't do anything. And with the green lady healing him up, they they are definitely not going anywhere. So he was able to stop my 360 point unit with that uh, uh, tree man and uh, essentially just uh, create uh, an impossible situation for me. But then he focused so much on the two one-point objectives on my right flank and he was not able to kill my units fast enough so I was able to pick up the two um, uh, uh, one one-point one objective and one two-point objective and uh, at some point his forest chambers picked up a uh, uh, two-point objective as well and one objective was was uh, was uh, contested uh, and so it actually ended up with a draw but I think if he had deployed a little bit differently I'm not sure I would have been able to do anything versus his army, but the way that he used it... I'm uh, sorry, one important thing. It, it was not two uh, one-point objectives on the side that he uh, like focused on. There was only one one-point objective. And that meant that I was, uh, I was able to, to kind of freely pick up two tokens that he was not even contesting. Uh, and it, it became a battle for the, for the central one that his forest chambers picked up. So it, there, it was three, three, three in objectives and points. But what actually happened in this game, was, which was quite interesting, is um, the cards came into play. Of course, it's like speculation, uh, like you said, because um, if he had deployed differently, if he had played different, differently, the game would have been a different game. If he had not gone in with the Draken Riders, all of these variables exist. But alone he went in with the Draken Riders by themselves? Yeah. Single charge? Yes, in the front of the, of the horde. Extremely, like it's extremely improbable for him to do any mean anything. No, meaningful. I think yeah. I, I think he, he was not expecting them to kill uh, kill them. He was expecting them to 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 put them in uh, like anchor them in, in in their place, and then next round he would roll up. But of course, he underestimated the the hitting power of my hordes, mm. not, not the survivability. But the point is that uh, what happened in this game uh, in the end was that the cards, the way this game turned out. I actually had a big shot of winning. Uh, if I had been able to charge uh, the Forest Chandler horde in the center. And in turn 5, I tried to use two individuals to block, first of all, uh, his Forest Chandlers. And the next round, I would be able to charge with my foot guard. And uh, second of all, m block the advance of the uh, tree herder that had killed my knight horde in my deployment zone in the center and turned around. What then happened, he used the card to kill the hero that was blocking the uh, forest chandlers. So, ah, so they were able yeah. to turn around. 
Okay, that's okay. not a big problem in itself because I can take my foot guard horde undamaged can take a, a forest chamber horde, no problem. Yeah. But then you use the sheep card that lets a unit move freely through an individual to march his three herder up in front of the forest chamblers. And then it becomes a different uh, situation because I can't um, risk going into the forest chamblers when you have a tree herder there and vice versa. And so it suddenly turned from a chance of me winning to a battle for me securing the draw. And that was because of the he, he, he cleverly used those cards in the right uh, moment. Um, as I said, this is speculation. The game could have gone differently. It could have ended the same way. Uh, it, but uh, the way this all played out, that was definitely a decisive uh, round. So what was the end result? No, the end result was a draw. He had, a, I think it was um, like 11-9 to him. He had a bit more uh, kills than me, but it was a draw. Okay. So I ended up with a um, uh, three wins, one draw and one loss throughout the tournament, which I was really happy about, considering that I almost lost every game at Reign of Kings with Kingsman, so... And also, you know, in the in the in the days leading up to or weeks leading up to the tournament, you have always, you know, said, ah, you know, this cannot work. Why this doesn't work? And uh, and I believe that um, I, I I like it that that your concept and the work that you put into your army actually has seen a reward. You know, I I think it's very important because it's also important to have a varied meta. I I, I think this is um, one of the key components of the game. Yeah, and I I, uh, I enjoyed playing playing it at this event. I, I'm not sure I will play this style of Kingdoms Mentalist more times because it's uh, you, it's a very reactive playstyle, right? You have to just okay. the game is about slowly moving forward and pivoting your hordes, deny flank charges and multi charges, and then kill yeah. them on the on the the counter charge. You don't you are not dictating anything in any other game. So that was that was uh, yeah the kind of the less the less fun experience with this uh, this list in this um, tournament that you you, you you became this almost passive uh, player in a way um, so I'm not sure this concept is is like my my thing but uh, it worked I think it's definitely powerful enough that it, it can uh, you can win games but uh, I am uh, aiming for something more mobile and uh, maybe uh, some search and uh, tricksy stuff for my next army, which is going to be Night Stalkers. Oh, yeah, I need to, I need to play your Night Stalkers. Um, yeah, I need to play your Night Stalkers in reality because if we play them on Universal Battle, I, I, I don't have any, you know, yeah. because there is no established model like range, like, like, well, there is an established model range, but there is no like from previous games established model range. Okay, they look like this. Yeah. If they have two-handed swords, they can do that. If they are knights, they can do this. Like it's not like this. You have to build these associations yeah. um, from 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 zero. So, yeah, I, I definitely would lo would love to play you. After we played the last time, I was like, man, fuck, I need to play these. I need to play these in in the real world just to just to see. It's a uh, it's definitely a list I would like to play. So, so I I had the pleasure of of playing Knut um, in the in the last game. Um, the reigning was, champion of the conquest. He was. Yeah, I think so. I think he won. Uh, 20, I may might be wrong, but now I, I'm I'm pretty sure that he won. I didn't know. Actually, I didn't know that. But but he was a very. Uh, he played the undead list, which was. Um, yeah, but when I read the list, it was very 
cohesive. Like he had all different kinds. He, he was playing with Morgoth, yeah. and he had all different kinds of units, but everything would tie into each other very well. With he had a lot of heal. He had high defense. He had regen everywhere. It was a uh, very, yeah. It was a very, very, very cohesive list, and and also the way he plays the game is, uh, I would call him almost a very cerebral player. Like he plays very extremely precise, yeah. extremely precise, extremely like contemplative. Um, I think he's known uh, known for that being a precise player. So it's um, yeah. So anyways, well. <laughs> What happened was it was a very slow advance from 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 either side and um, yeah and uh, my dice weren't so good in the previous game but in this game they were very good so yeah, okay. it it, uh, it was uh, I think he killed a regiment of chariots that's it that's absolutely <laughs> <yeah. laughs> like oh there God. was there was nothing everything else was like complete destruction so um it um yeah i don't really know what to say i don't think it was a like a fair representation of each player's skill either you know like when you say okay maybe this game would have gone like this or this game would have gone like that but i definitely benefited from really hot dice in that game so um but it was it was very interesting to play also i think that his army was painted very well like you, you you needed to look at it for a while to kind of get the hang of it but it was painted really well i especially like the way his morgoth was painted yeah. So um, no, but that uh, that was uh, the last one. I think it was twenty-one-zero as well. Um, so it, uh, I ended up in second place. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if I can consider the orcs great again, but but I think it was better than anticipated. I I, I was thinking I would end up somewhere in the midfield. Yeah. Um, so so that was that was nice, and um, and uh, and it's definitely a tournament I will I will go to again. You know, yeah. it it was it was a really good trip. Yeah, I think uh, think so as well. I ended up uh, in battle. Uh, I ended up s- divided fifth with Magnus, I think. Oh, very very the, nice. The yeah. guy that I played in the last game, which was I have to say that as well. I didn't mention that, but he is a, was, was a very um, I don't know. He was like very eager to learn because he's not played that much, and uh, so I had um, yeah. He he, um, he was it was a really good game. I had a really good discussion at the end of the game what went wrong for me what went wrong for him and we, I think we both agreed both agreed that if he had deployed in a different way I think I would have a really hard time but it was just a really good like this analytical uh, conversation that we had at the end of the game I was uh, so I think this was this was my favorite game of the tournament against Magnus against Magnus, uh, against Magnus yeah um, and of course we came out approximately at the same point level I think uh, yeah Divided fifth was uh, was the end result, which I'm very pleased with because my aim was uh, top ten. Kings of Men. I did not have. I did, of course, I had some expectations, but not that high after my complete and utter failure at the Reign of Kings uh, last year. So uh, yeah, it was good fun. So I I wish you you would continue with the Kingdoms of Men, but I guess uh, maybe uh, some other time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I need I need. To play something that is not, um, I don't. I need something with a di- completely different play style for a while because uh, I need uh, speed and I need uh, surge and some. Uh, yeah, I-, I love like setting up these crazy situations for the enemy with with angles and uh, and uh, surge options, like in our last game on Universal Battle, which was. Uh, uh, 
We have to play it in reality one more time. Yeah. yeah. No, but um, but that was that. That was a really really good tournament. So thanks again one more time to the Oslo crew for organizing it. Yeah. It was uh, very exciting, and uh, and I hope we can we can take uh, participate or find some time to participate in some trips abroad and some people internationally come and and shake up the meta a bit, take a taste of Norway and and see and see how it is. It would be super exciting to have people from other countries. I think. Yeah. Um, definitely, and I think traveling to Oslo, uh, staying at a fairly cheap hotel, uh, all in one place, everybody knows speaks English well enough. There should be no like, uh, there's there's no problem showing up at these tournaments in in Oslo and uh, and having a good time. I think. Yeah. So I guess uh, I guess we have it, Jürgen. And thanks again for the. For the lovely uh, duo podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great one. I love, uh, I love talking about Kings of War. So, so this is a great evening for me. Did you paint something in between? Yeah, I'm uh, painting my friend Tobian's twenty-year-old uh, Illyrian Reavers from uh, High Elves. Okay. Because uh, I have two thousand five hundred points of unpainted twenty-year-old High Elves in, uh, in in a box, and I just found out that. I need to, you know, I love this mass production, mass production of armies. I'm not a figure painter. I'm an army painter. I need to just pump out units fast. Yeah. Uh, and and so uh, starting this project from start, of, I, I aim to, uh, for a painting two thousand points by the end of February. Oui. And I just I just love it. I've painted uh, fifty models already, and these uh, with these seven, I'm up to almost sixty, and. Um, Already over one thousand points. You know, sometimes when I when I look at some old miniatures and and also in my orc army, there's models which I painted in my first like first years of university. Yeah. So when when, when you look back, like this was I don't know how much how long how many years ago this was maybe fifteen years ago. Yeah. So when you um when you look back and you you take out these minis i wish like sometimes the miniatures could tell a story like yeah. what kinds of games they have been in what happened here what happened there because like this is when you invest in an army and and you really want to keep it and keep on playing with it is something that stays with you forever like yeah. in my goblin army as well there's goblins that are more than 20 years old that so cool. so this is uh it is really nice sometimes i wish the miniatures could tell a story and and i really like like you know reviving old armies you know i i know people need to buy like mantic models and i actually have mantic models i, I bought the one uh, one of these colossal giants and i won two of these uh crudger on slasher yeah so um but uh, but in general i i love this uh, old classic uh, gw miniatures are, are real nice also other manufacturers like you know avatars of war for example yeah. But um, no, but anyways, Jürgen, thanks again for today. Yeah. See you. I guess uh, I guess we snuck us, huh? We, we snuck us. Yeah. Hello. Hey. You can reach us on Twitter at KLW Oslo, or you can contact us by email giantdwarfpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>